get into this. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 6. And if you are ready, just say amen. All right, let's get into this. You all ready? All right, here we go. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. I want you to stop right there. There's so much revelation in that. She saw that it was good. Look at this. The woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for wisdom. Then it says, then she took and ate it. She had not even tasted it yet. She had not even encountered it yet. All she had was a conversation. You need to be careful with your conversations. Before the enemy ever gets you to taste something, he'll get you to see it. Jesus says that our eyes are the gateway to the soul. Can I, can I keep it real here for a second? We got a lot of people in this day and age wondering why they're struggling with sexual things. It's because of what you're watching and what you're looking at on, on, on your, your, your phone all the time. Come on, somebody. We have access to stuff now that we didn't have access to when I was growing up, not the way we do now. We have access to this stuff now. You struggle. The reason why you struggle with the stuff you struggle with is because of your eyes are the gateway to your soul. It's literally, when you look at that, it is literally opening you up to your soul, man. It is getting into your head. You will start to be tempted with things you never would have entertained had you not looked at it. Your eyes are the gateway to the soul. This is why it's so important that you begin to stare at the right things. What does that look like? That means you need to get up in the morning if it's, if it's, if it's worship that you got to listen to to get your mind in the right place. You need to blast worship while you're in the shower. You need to blast worship while you're, you're on your way to work. If it's not worship that gets you there, you need to put the word on. You need to be filled up with this stuff because scenes, natural, uh, natural scene is different than spiritual scene. Spiritual scene can be not just what we're looking at but also what we're hearing you have to make sure that your senses are being uh filled with spiritual things so that you are ready to hear the voice of god it's very hard for a carnal mind to hear the voice of god because we're filled with the wrong stuff amen somebody i'm telling you i was telling pastor tim on the way to church tonight i'm in a season where things are starting to get extremely uh, precise for me. Precision is really happening for me. Uh, those of you, a lot of you know that Pastor Shawnee and I are not only pastors, but we're artists as well. I haven't put a record out in, since 2012. And the reason being that I was in Guitar Center the other day and I seen a bunch of musicians in there and they come up to me and they're like, man, dude, what are you doing, man? We was just talking about you, man. What is, what is Gail Brandon doing, man? That last record you put out, we loved it, man. What are you doing? And I said, man, I'm just now to the point now to where I'm ready to work again. I'm in the studio again. I'm working. I'm writing. And things are coming to me naturally. I would get down in the studio over the last five years and nothing would happen. I would sit down there and I would just be like, man, I'd start working on a song and then I'd get tired and I'd go upstairs and watch a movie. I'd start working on a song and something would happen or I just wasn't feeling the song. Or I'd put an hour into the song and I'd listen to it and say, that's garbage. Throw it all away. Dump it in the trash. Whatever. What was happening was I was not inspired. Creativity was not coming to me naturally like it used to come to me. And it was because I was cluttered in my head. I was at a place in my life to where I had so many different things happening at one time. I wasn't able to really focus. Precision, watch this, is not something that happens outside of you. 
When you do not have clarity in your life, it's because you have clutter in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you're going to have to take out the garbage. You've got to take out the trash every week or it's going to back up. If it backs up, you ain't going to have no place to put this stuff. So precision happens as you begin to gut out things that are not supposed to be in your mind. Taking those things away. And then all of a sudden, now I'm getting down there. This stuff is coming like, like natural. I feel like myself again. I feel like I was really ready to give up on my dream because I'm not the type of artist. I don't want to just put a record out just to put a record out. Some people do that. I don't do that. If I don't feel inspired, if I don't feel led, if I don't feel like what we're writing is, on the, is, is coming from the heart of the Father, I don't want to do it. And so it wasn't coming, but now it's coming. And it's amazing how when you begin to deal with the necessary things that God is telling you to deal with, all of a sudden it declutters you and precision comes. It's very frustrating when you don't have direction in your life and you don't know what and where God is wanting you to go. That's frustrating to people that have purpose on the inside. Now, not everybody is burdened with purpose like some other people are. Even though everybody has purpose, some people don't believe they have purpose. I happen to be one of them people that know that I'm not ordinary. I happen to be one of the people to know that there's something different about me. I'm not your regular guy. When you talk to me, there's, there, I'm not the regular dude that you would talk to. There's a wisdom there. There's things that God has invested in me. I am aware of those type of things. You should be as well aware of your uniqueness, who God has made you to be. Can you say amen to that? All right. Are you with me tonight? And so it's so important to understand your purpose. Now, when it comes to decluttering yourself, what, remember when I told you I said a couple months ago, I said that understanding is the end of frustration. That frustration usually stops the moment you understand. You'd be amazed at what you can bear up if you understand why you're going through it. And so what happens is, how do we get to, from this point to this point, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit. He knows what makes us tick. He knows our design. I, I got a guy right now in, in my neighborhood. I, we got a guy. He's a neighbor of ours, and he's a junker. Anybody ever seen a junker? Every, 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 he's got a big truck, and what they do every uh, trash day, they'll figure out each neighborhood which day is the trash day, and then they'll go, and they'll look at stuff that people throw away, and these people will throw away very good stuff, some expensive stuff, like TVs and lawnmowers and bikes and weed whackers and all this stuff, and they throw it away simply because they don't know how to fix it. And all a junker does is take it, and they know how to fix what somebody else is not knowledgeable to fix. They take it, and then all of a sudden, what used to be not profitable now turns into profit for free because they have the knowledge that somebody else does not have. So I go to this guy and I said, man, I got this weed whacker, man. And I got, I got, I got two of them because <laughs> I'm one of them guys that don't know how to fix it. And I said, Chris, man, here, I need, I need you to fix this weed whacker. And so he says, well, right now, he says, man, I just don't have the time. I mean, this guy's house is filled with stuff. And I'm looking at it and a lot of it's my stuff. <laughs> like, man, dude, that was, I didn't know you came and got that. And. I said, I need you to fix this. And he said, well, I, don't, I got this other guy that can fix it. He said, I said, is he good? He said, I don't know. He's, 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 I just met him, really. So he's an older gentleman. And so I said, okay, we'll have him fix it. Man, it's been two weeks. I, I, I've been needing to edge my lawn. If you know Pastor Gail, I like my lawn to be good. 
and edged and, and cut right. I like it to look nice. I don't want to be that one house on the block that messes up the whole neighborhood. And so, and then I'm, I've been competing with this, this older lady for years and years and years with the grass. And it's not fair because I don't know how she gets her lawn looking so good. She can barely walk. She's about 120 and she still is killing on this grass. I think she cuts and does all of her stuff at night when we're sleeping because I'm trying to figure out what she's doing, but I never see her doing it. She said, wake up and her lawn looks perfect. And so anyway, long story short, I said, I need this weed whacker fixed. Sends it to this guy. He says, okay, I said, do it. It's been two weeks. So what's happening is I still don't have this weed whacker. So I go up to the guy today and I say to him, I say, uh, right before uh, I came to church, I I just got back. I said, hey, man, what's going on with this weed whacker? He said, man, I can't, I can't. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I tried to get a hold of the guy, and then he said, I, I don't know what he's doing. So the guy shows up as I was talking. So I said to the guy, I said, hey, what's going on with the weed whacker? He said, oh, I'm waiting on a book, man. I ordered a book to try to fix it. I said, man, look, dude, at this point, brother, I said, just give it back to me. I said, just, just, give, me, just give me it back. I'll take it up the road. I'll pay for it to get fixed. There's a shop right up the road that's going to cost me a little more than what I thought I was going to save with you. But at this point, time is valuable. At this point. Now watch this. I was trying to cut corners. I was trying to cut corners so that I could get this thing in the, in the condition that I could use it. But what it, what it cost me at this point is time. My lawn looks terrible because I'm trying to cut corners. Why does that matter? Because it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We go into self-fixing remedies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We try to fix our own stuff the way that our wisdom tells us to fix it. And what happens is we say, well, man, it's not going to cost me as much to fix it this way. But then you look up and all the time that you could have been used for purpose is gone. All because you was trying to do it in your way. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit knows you. You have to know this. He knows us. He knows what changes you. He knows what will get you to finally get your head on the right way. Some of us, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but you're hard-headed. We don't typically learn stuff because somebody tells us something. We have to learn it in certain ways, and the Holy Spirit knows what wakes us up. And he has, to, he has to put us in situations so that we learn what it is that we need to learn so that we can alter and change our life so that we can walk out purpose in our life. Are you hearing me? People that are typically frustrated. I pastors, I've been in this for 20-something years now, y'all. People get frustrated, and typically it's... it's, it's, it's it's typically two things in counseling sessions. It's decisions that was made that was not led of the spirit or, 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 uh, or number, number two, they're trying to convince themselves something is the will of God that was never the will of God. That's typically the two dynamics that I face and then I have to counsel through that and we have to go through it in counseling and try to figure out what's going on. How do you bring clarity to somebody's life? It's not Principles. It's not reading a Joe Osteen book in five points to success. What it is, is being led of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying over your life? To understand that, you actually have to have this little thing called a relationship with God. You cannot just be a churchgoer and get what I'm talking about right now. You actually have to have a relationship with God. How many of you can be honest and say, Pastor Gail, I pray every day. 
That is key. Having a relationship. I'm not talking about your coffee prayer five minutes before you're going to work. I'm talking about real prayer. Spending time with God. I, man, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's so crucial so that you know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Write this down if you're taking notes. If everything the Holy Spirit says to you, you agree with, probably not hearing the Holy Spirit. If you're in agreement with everything God is speaking to you, you are most likely not hearing God. I learned a long time ago the Holy Spirit gets us off milk and gets us ready for meat. He tells you hard things. How many prophets in the Old Testament would come up to you, Javen, and say, I have a hard saying for you today. Here's a hard word for you today. It's going to be tough. Amen. All right. That was all off something that is in Genesis 3.6. She saw it, she looked at it, and then she took and then she ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. The eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Watch this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, and he was walking in the garden to cool the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees. But the Lord called to the man. Are you hearing this? I want you to say this. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? I want you to put this down if you're taking notes. Many people do not recognize their spiritual location. God knew exactly where Adam was. The question wasn't to appease God's mystery. God was not asking where Adam was physically. He was asking where was God, where was Adam spiritually? Sometimes before God can ever transition us, he has to get us to become aware of where we are spiritually. Our location. Many of us do not realize our spiritual location. Some of us literally think we're in a spiritual place and you're actually more carnal than you've ever been. It's so important to understand where you're at. He wasn't saying, Adam, I can't find you. He was saying, man, where are you at right now? Where's your mind at? Where's your thoughts at? Where's your heart at? Where's your affections at? This hitting anybody tonight? Where, where, where are you at right now? This ain't the dude I remember. This ain't, the, this ain't the fellowship that I remember. I don't remember you being in this condition. What happened? You're hiding. You've never hid before. Your excuses, you're naked, they never bothered you before. Why, why all of a sudden? Why all of a sudden have things changed? Where are you at right now? You can always tell your spiritual location is in a bad place when you start feeling the need to hide. When you feel the need to hide, I'm telling you, you are cutting yourself off from healing. Yeah. Hiding literally will cut you off from healing. 
You do not need to hide from the Father. It doesn't matter what condition you have to present. When God says, come to me, come to him, no matter if you're weary or heavy laden, he's going to fix you. He's going to give you rest. That's his mandate. That's his purpose. It don't matter. You may be completely insecure or vulnerable or trust issues or doubt issues or whatever your issues is with, with God, whatever you're struggling with in the deepest part of your soul, you need to locate that and you need to come before God and say, man, fix me. I'm tired of hiding in this. There's no, listen, man, our secrets is what's keeping us from freedom. The enemy, he operates in an environment of shame. Shame is the environment that he begins to cultivate our hearts in. That's why Jesus removes the condemnation so that freedom can become present. It's okay? All right. Let's real quick, everybody say spirit-led. Let's go here to Mark chapter 1, verse 9 here. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 9. This really hit me today as I was just kind of meditating on this. Let's look at here. Let's read. In those days, Jesus came up from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens. You are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. Right there. Notice that. Anybody catch that revelation right there? He's baptized into the Jordan. Comes out of the water. Here's a voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Like a dove, the Holy Spirit ascends. Soon as the soon as the Father says this, you are, this is my what? Son in what? In other words, this is my son and he pleases me. What happened next? It says immediately the spirit led him to the wild side, the wilderness. Immediately after the declaration, when God spoke and said, you're mine and I'm pleased. Immediately the spirit went into a journey with the son and said, I'm going to lead you. Where did the Holy Spirit lead him? Because we are talking about, we're always talking about being spirit-led. But we, this is why we don't get healed. This is why we're still dealing with the stuff we're dealing with. Are you hearing me? This is why we're dealing with stuff we're dealing with. Why? Because we don't go on the journey that we're being led to go on. We don't want to go on them journeys. Them journeys hurt. Them journeys, they demand trust. Those journeys are they're scary because we have to let our guards down and we got to let our, 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 our logic down. And, and, and it's scary because last time that we, we trusted, we got hurt. But we thought we was trusting God. God never hurt you. You was trusting somebody else that was using the name of God without the nature of God. He never hurt you. But then, but then we put up our borders. We make God pay for something somebody who misrepresented him did to us. Come on, somebody. And then what happens is we get scared. We don't take these journeys. So we start living life and pretty soon 40, 50, 60 years has gone by and you're miserable. You've not accomplished anything that you thought you was going to accomplish. And it's all because you keep avoiding the necessary journey. It's an inward journey. Where did the spirit lead Jesus? To Satan. Soon as he was called son, he said, all right, it's time to meet the devil. 
Because it's only the son that can confront the enemy. You need to hear that. He needed to stand before the accuser of the brethren to test whether the revelation really hit home. He had to stand before the enemy. And the first thing the enemy said, he he knew what was going on. The enemy said, if you're the son, then do this. He remembered what was said when he would come up out of the water. It wasn't just Jesus that heard the voice. All the hell heard the voice. When God prophesies over you and he calls you a son of God, everything in hell hears that too. And they're going to test it. If you're really a son, do this, perform. If you're really a son, do this. I want you to make sure you perform. Turn this, do this, eat this. He knew the temptation. He knew Jesus had been fasting 40 days. That's why the first temptation was food. What's killing me is Jesus actually was done with his fast and had a right to eat, but still didn't do it because of who was offering it. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Something about this sonship, man. Jesus was led into the wilderness to face the wild side. I'm a son. It's time to look at the things that aren't son-like. I'm a son. It's time to face this stuff. See, your identity is given to you, not so that you can run from your past, but so you can confront it. Confront it with truth. Look at yourself with truth. That's where freedom comes from. You need to look at your biggest failures. Look at them with a different eye, different eyesight, different perspective. And then look at it and say, man... I thought I was a failure because of this, but now through truth, I see it differently. God will take you back to the same experience that haunted you and give you victory. I told you before, we're not shaped by our experiences. We're shaped by our interpretations of our experiences. That's good preaching, Pastor G. Thanks. Our interpretations are what's killing us. How you perceive something is what's killing you. It's not easy getting healed. Because it's not a one-time event. We want God to be a wizard that zaps us into victory. You don't ever remember stuff that you don't have to pay for. Are you hearing this? You don't remember things you don't pay for. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan there. Everybody say healing will cost you something. People are more afraid of the solutions than the circumstances. We will prep ourselves to live in tragedy rather than build up enough faith to actually find the solution. We will prepare ourselves to live with all kinds of dysfunction rather than walk in the antidote. Isn't that crazy about people? Will live dysfunctional for the, I mean, just dysfunctional for the rest of your life. I'll never forget this time. We was at, um, I just forgot what I said I wouldn't forget. 
we were somewhere, uh, some major city, New York. We was in New York. I had flew into New York just when Shawnee and I first started dating. I remember it because she wrote me a letter. Y'all said, now don't open it up till you're on the plane. Remember that? Do you remember that letter? And I opened that letter, and the first thing she said, you're the finest white dude I've ever seen in my life. And when you get back, oh, I just want to marry you. She said, you look so good. She said, what are you doing for the rest of your life? No, but she did tell me that there was something different about me and that she loves me and all that stuff. And uh, Yeah, so 30,000 feet of full revelation. Do you remember that letter, baby? You do remember the letter? I am adding things. That's the way I... We're not shaped by our experiences. We're shaped by our interpretations of our experiences. 30,000 feet in the air, man. I was... Come on. I was in the heavenlies. I went up to the high places and tore the devil's kingdom down. I got off that plane with some swag, y'all. I was walking... Anyway, so I'll never forget this. I got off the, uh, I got off the uh, the plane. Matter of fact, I'm I'm mixing up two stories. That was it wasn't New York. It was New Jersey. And I had Pastor Mark Parker with us. And long story short, we <laughs> we walked down. We was in the hotel room. And we come down. We had service that night. We had to do, and then we come down. And all of a sudden, we see this homeless person that's down there in the downtown Trenton area. Trenton is kind of like Flint. In, in some type of way, it's, you know, kind of a poverty struck in it. So we're, we're just walking down. We see the subway. Pastor Mark and I just talking about the goodness of the Lord. You know, that's my buddy. And we see this homeless person. And so <laughs> she says, can I, sir, can I have, uh, can, you got any spare change or whatever? And Mark said, you know, what, 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 how can I help you? She said, well, I'm just really hungry. He said, well, come on in. We're going to do subway. She said, oh, really? Bless you. <laughs> so we go in there. You know, at that time, they had $5 subs. I don't know if they still got them, but for $5, you can get a sub. But it's got to be a particular type of sub. And so she goes in there, and, and she now she's homeless, and she hasn't showered in a long time, you could tell. And all, <laughs> we get in there, and Mark said, I said, you got it? She's, I said, you got it? You want me to pay for it? He says, no, I, I got it. I got it. We're good. <laughs> so I ordered my sub, and I'm sitting down waiting, filling my refill up, and I said, man, what is taking so long? Man, this lady was over there giving them the business. I told you I want extra onions on this, and I want olives on this, and I want cheese on this. And she, I mean, she is giving them the business. And she said, I, I didn't want that type of bread. Made them redo the whole sub. And Mark's over there going, like, wow, you were, you're picky. And, and so he paid, and it was way more than $5, so he had to come over. He only had so much cash on me. And so I, I threw him a 10 or whatever, and we took care of it. And so we, watch this. So we get out. She's got the sub. We get out, walk out, and Mark's feeling real prophetic. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget this. I wish he was here to tell y'all. He says, well, praise the Lord. I hope that helps. Can I pray for you? She said, nope, and took that sub and walked off. I about lost it, y'all. I know I wasn't supposed to laugh, but I was crying. He was like, man, did I, what just happened? 
I said, man, you just got had. That's, that's what happened. <coughs> she wouldn't even let him pray. I said, you got to do the prayer before the need, man. <laughs> but here, here's my point, though. She, those type of people, and I'm not saying don't be charitable and stuff like that, but some people are just looking for handouts. They're not looking for help. They're not looking for help. It happened to we, me and Shawnee Saturday. We was going somewhere, and I, or whatever day that was this week. I stopped, and I said, I was walking to the gas station. I seen this this young, she's probably 23, 24-year-old uh, white girl out there. She's got a mixed kid, looked like Haven out there, and she had to be about Haven's age. And I, I walked in, and I, the Holy Spirit just started messing with me. I said, man, she's got a gas can out there. And so I walk out and said, are you all right? I said, what's your name? She said, Amy. She said, I just need some gas. My car's down the road. It's about three blocks down the road. If I could just get some money, get some gas, I'll be fine. I said, sure, sure, sure. I said, uh, I said, uh, here, just I, I'll, fill the, I'll fill it up for you, and then we'll, we'll take you down the road. Because I knew she ain't had no car down the road. I knew, you know, I'm hip to the game. And so I said, I said, we'll just take you down there. She said, well, no, we, we can walk. I said, yeah, but it's going to be kind of heavy. You're little, it's kind of heavy. When you fill this thing up, it's going to be kind of tough. It was at the Shell gas station over there, kind of by where y'all used to stay. And, and I said, I said, it's going to be heavy. And she said, yeah, I know, but it, it, it's okay. This has happened before. And so I said to her, I said, I said, listen, I said, Amy's your name? She said, yeah. I said, listen, I'm a pastor. I said, I want to just be very frank with you. I know you're lying. I said, I, I can, it looks like you're probably addicted to drugs. I said, I see this little girl out here. It breaks my heart. I said, I said, I said, I'm not trying to condemn you. I want to help you, but you got to want to, you got to want the help. She said, well, I lost my job. She starts crying. Lady comes out who works at Kmart and she's the hiring manager at Kro- Kroger, at Kroger hiring manager. And she says, if you need a job, young lady, I will hire you personally. Just come in and apply. She still didn't take it. What am I saying? People typically don't want the solutions that it requires to fix the situation. They would rather get strength from God to endure something they're comfortable in than face the unknown. How do you know the Holy Spirit's leading you? Many times the Holy Spirit, when he delivered the Hebrew children out of Egypt, notice that he led them to the Red Sea knowing they could not cross. It was a dead end. The Spirit will lead you into a situation that looks like you can't go any farther, but then it requires faith and a miracle to get you beyond it. Oh, man. The Holy Spirit doesn't like to use your logic to get you where you need to be. That's why he'll take you to dead ends and he'll say, now trust me in this. Trust me in this. If I took you out of Egypt, the sea ain't nothing. Come on now. And you ain't even got to walk on muddy ground. I'm going to make it dry ground. Are you catching that? He made it literally dry ground for them to walk on and split the sea, parted the sea. Come on now. Isn't that something? Parted the Red Sea. And he made it in such a way, the miracle was so beautiful that he made it in such a way. He split the Red Sea and did not give. Even though they could see the miracle, the enemy still could not walk through the same 
gateway that was prepared for the Hebrew children. They tried to chase him in that miracle and it began to collapse on him because that miracle was only for people of faith. You hearing what I'm saying? You know, some people say, Pastor, I don't know if I believe this. You ought to study. You do, I, I, was, I was studying this one time. Do you know that they literally in the Red Sea have found thousands of horse uh, chariot wheels? Chariot wheels in, in the bottom of the Red Sea. Why, where, how do you think they got there? The enemy trying to pull back and follow them. That's how they got there. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? People are afraid of the solutions. The Spirit will lead you down a journey. That's what i got to get to you tonight. He will lead us down a journey that looks impossible. You may be facing impossible right now. You may be facing something that's hard right now. Anybody ever try to change and it's too hard for you to do on your own? Come on now. Anybody ever ask God, I need you to help me change. I'm never going to do it if you, if you don't help. I've tried. My, I, 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 I get too tempted. I'm too easily persuaded. Come on now. The Holy Spirit. So what he'll do is he'll put you in a situation where you are forced to change. It takes a while for your appetite to change. Sometimes God has to put you in a controlled environment. You may call it punishment. God calls it freedom. He'll put you in a controlled environment just so that he can get you soberly thinking again. Right now, some of us have been in it so long, our minds aren't trained to think healthy. We're trying to figure out healthy solutions with a toxic pattern of thinking. You can't see the truth. Even if if it's slapping you in the face, you just can't see it. And so God has to put us in situations to do it. You know you're ready for breakthrough when you can be like Paul and Silas. Standing in a prison and still give thanks to God. Oh, man. Isn't that so? Man, these guys, start, the Bible didn't say they started doing praise and worship. The Bible said they started singing spiritual songs. Difference. There's a difference. They wasn't singing the top 40. Chris Tomlin writes a good song and we all like to echo it, but we don't have his relationship with God. Doesn't mean the same thing. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, they begin to sing spiritual songs in prison. Paul wrote his letters that had changed the world in prison. There's something about the fact that this man could still offer up thanksgiving while going through. That's somebody who's prepped for breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is everything to us. I want to leave you, lead, uh, leave you with this tonight. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in every season. Face the things that seem unbearable. It's only in those seasons that you get to know a peace that passes understanding. You have to go down the journey that he's leading. you got to face the devil if you want freedom. Every revelation God has ever spoke over you, you're going to have that thing tested. I promise you. What is it about you that the Holy Spirit has spoke over you? What's the prophetic word over your life? How many have got a prophetic word over your life? How many remember it? How many think about it? How many go to sleep and wake up thinking about that? Come on now. There's something special that's different about you. You're not ordinary. This thing, God is the author and the finisher of the faith, but man, don't die in the middle of the process. Go all the way through. Come on, somebody. 
go all the way through, face the journey. Can you say amen? Come on, just shout hallelujah. We can never solve a problem we participate with. You can't solve a problem that you're participating with, man. I'm telling you. I'm going to be Dr. Phil for a second, but the prophetic version. You're going through a problem right now and you need freedom in your mind? Here's my diagnosis. Separate from everyone. Embrace a season of isolation until it hurts. The only relationships you're permitted to engage in are the essentials. Now watch what God does. In this day and age, fasting from food is not as significant as fasting from social media. That's for real, for real. If there was social media in the day of Jesus, he would have been talking about that over food. Because it's far more distracting. We're dealing with thoughts and temptations all because we just logged on to Facebook. Come on, somebody. Most of us have all kinds of feelings about everything all because the media is telling us what to feel. I'm telling you, it's a system of control. It really is. Come away, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Can you say amen to that?